Welcome to the High Return Real Estate Show, the podcast for heavy hitters. Two men, one mission. It's time to build your empire. Hello, everybody, and welcome. This is Shecky, a.k.a. Jeff Schechter, along with my amazing business partner, Mr. Jack Gibson. Hey, everybody. It's great to be here. Uh, today's show is uh, rather unusual because we're talking about your hidden competitor, but when it, you're going to see when we talk about this, when it comes to finding deals, you really have some competition that you have not considered. And I know you're doing all the things that you think are right, but the question is, who are you really competing with? That's the question I was asking, Shecky, because when I saw the podcast title, I was where is he going with this? Yeah. Uh, so I think everybody's going to be, this is very, very insightful. I think they're going to get a lot out of it. So I'm excited to dive in. Yeah, so this is one you want to listen to the whole thing. It's not worth, you know, coming in halfway through because it's, it's really, there's a, there's a sequence to the way they're, we're presenting the information and you're going to see there's kind of a reveal at the end that's going to really clear things up. So we're going to look at all phases of a buy and hold and help you to figure out all the chinks in your armor from the acquisition to the rehab to the placement to the management. And of course, then at the end, we're going to reveal who this hidden competitor is. So please listen to the entire podcast, right? So Jack, why don't you talk about acquisition? So acquisition is, and there's probably a lot of you listening that have absolutely no interest in trying to go out and find and acquire, you know, the right properties. I mean, it is a definite special skill set, you know, to be able to, for example, go to a tax sale and be able to bid and, and get the right property at the right price or go to a sheriff sale or uh, use direct mail to find motivated sellers or do, uh, you know, networking, buy from wholesalers who you may or may not have a, you know, established trust level with um, using, you know, search software on the internet uh, or even going on the MLS, you know, it's probably uh, one of the worst places to go because everything there is, normally at retail prices. So how do you find the right deal? And especially when you're probably buying one at a time. I mean, there's a huge advantage that, you know, you would have if you were able to go in and buy, you know, 10 or 20 properties uh, from a, you know, motivated seller all at one time or through a tax sale or whatnot. So let's talk about Shecky. I want you to kind of give an example of their hidden competitor, how do they acquire properties? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great question. So um, if you are doing what Jack just described, just understand that your competitor out there has a network of boots on the ground. They've got staff members who do nothing but source deals, work with wholesalers. They know all the players. They know exactly who the bidders are at the tax sales and all that. And they've been doing it consistently and systemized for many, many years, right? The other thing to consider too, your competitor is not a onesie twosie. They're not buying up, you know, one house here and there. They're buying 20 to 30 properties a month. So there's some scale to what's going on. And you take the rehabbing part, Jack. Yeah, you know, that's the next stage. You know, once you've actually acquired a property, typically if you're 
really want to get the maximum ROI and get the best pricing, you know, you're going to want to buy a property that it needs some work. I mean, that's where you can add a lot of value add to the property. And so this is where you do it yourself. Uh, you, you definitely have some challenges. You know, you're going to do all of your own estimating. You're going to go to Home Depot probably 235 times because you keep forgetting things <laughs> if you're anything like me. And then you know, you're going to have to find all the materials. You're going to have to deal with sub subcontractors that uh, may show up about 50% of the time. Um, you're going to end up doing some of the work yourself. And then you know, you're going to want to make the place nice for your renter. So you're going to go out and probably get emotionally attached to the uh, property outcome and buy above what you really need as far as those nicer fixtures and the nicer tiles and such, because you're going to, you know, think about like, well, gosh, if I lived in this place, what would I want? So uh, oftentimes, you know, we all think that everybody else that's renting, you know, needs the same standard of living as what we do. So we're going to spend, you know, 5k over budget, 10k over budget, just to make it nice when it really is not going to command any more rent for doing that. And then, of course, you're going to take two months later than your anticipated, anticipated finish date. So then that's cash flow that you're losing because you're not renting it out. Yeah, you just described, I think, 10 of my previous projects. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but now that, think about that's this. That's pretty much my life right there if I yeah, were to go out and try yeah. to do this. And, and it happens to a lot of investors that want to go out and rehab properties. It's just, it's just very easy for that to happen. So your competitor, your hidden competitor is only acquiring homes that fit into a certain rehab criteria. So they are actually culling and getting rid of a lot of properties that they don't even have any consideration of. So they have the entire rehab process templated. In other words, they'll use the same kind of mechanicals, the same kind of hot water heater, uh, the same paint, the same carpet, flooring, et cetera, every single time. They're then on a scale of rehabbing 20 to 30 properties a month because they've been buying at that scale and they're using 14, 15, 18 professional crews to get the projects completed, right? So there's no, you know, worry about, you know, dealing directly with like a little subcontractor that's not showing up because they're drunk or something like that. They've got this thing dialed in. And as of course, you can imagine, they're all coming in within budget and barring any kind of inclement weather, they're all completed on time. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's hard to do, right? right. It's, it's, it's just, you talk to any rehabber and those words on time are rarely ever in the same sentence. Well, so, any contractor I've ever utilized in my entire life or any project is always takes twice as long and costs twice as much. Yeah, that's very true. So the, the people that are doing this, your competitors have certain economies of scale. So when they're doing it at this level, keep in mind that things like unused carpet, unused flooring, and unused paint and materials are brought right to the next job, right? And when they're buying on the scale of rehabbing 20 to 30 properties a month, don't forget they're buying all of the materials in quantity for significant discounts. Yeah, that's, gosh, that's huge. Economy of scale is always going to give you lower pricing and cost points. So then we have the next stage, which is the tenant placement. So this is where it really gets fun because now you get to work with people and <laughs> the complexities 
that uh, people will bring into your life are going to be overwhelming. <laughs> so here's how you're going to tend a place. You know, you're going to put out advertising, you know, um, probably on various websites. You're going to interview tenants. You're going to give out your cell number so you could get, you know, calls all day long. You're going to be running credit checks. You're going to be, uh, <laughs> my favorite is when they ask you for favors and special deals. And because you're so nice and you care about people, you do it. And then, you know, finding somebody that's a qualified tenant is, can be an absolute nightmare if you've ever gone through that process. So, and then again, once they leave, that process starts all over again, and you just can't wait for the tenant turnover so you can repeat this process. So what is the competition doing, Checky? Yeah, that tenant turnover is always a fun thing. So keep in mind that your competition, again, has this dialed in. They've got all their advertising figuring, figured out because they've been doing it for a long time. They're using methods that have proven to be successful for them for many years. They're interviewing tenants, but they also have a previous renter database across all those previous years. They're systemized and processing credit checks. They have a fully systemized vetting process for the tenants that would not be good. Uh, because they are a company and not an individual, they're not expected to be doing any special favors or deals, right? So all of the lease signing and payment automation is all systemized, right? And again, as a result of doing this on a much larger scale, Again, there are some built-in economies of scale and some automation that are just very difficult for you to compete with. So again, now let's talk about the management, Jack. Oh, wow. You know, the fun never ends here. <laughs> so now if you decide to do the property management yourself and, you know, you're just a super nice, caring person, you're going to create a personal relationship with your renter. And uh, that could be good and that could be very bad. <laughs> because that's where you tend to maybe say, oh, it's okay, you didn't pay your rent this month, you know, just get, get, get make it up on the next month, right? And um, I ended up having uh, one of my tenants, uh, you know, as a friend of mine, actually in business with me, and I rented out, you know, my single family to him, and he ended up going 4,000 deep before, um, you know, we had to uh, cut the cord, and owed that money for like two years, so this is, this is a tough situation to be in because, you know, you're friends, you've you know, got a business relationship. So those are the type of things that can happen when you decide to manage your own property. You know, get phone calls maybe in the middle of the night. Um, you know, just because you own the property, you're wealthy, so this can make people feel entitled. But you should look the other way on certain things. Um, you're responsible for collecting all the rent and sometimes manually. Sometimes you have to strong arm to get it. And then the worst case scenario is when you have to evict and go through the time and effort for the legal process and then start the placement process all over again. So yeah. how is the competition doing this, Shecky? Well, obviously it's, you know, competition in this case we know is professional management, right? There's zero personal relationship with the tenants. So, you know, they're operating where they've got a standard emergency number and procedures in place for after hours tenant reported maintenance issues. Pretty straightforward. Renters don't have any of those stupid entitlement issues, mm -hmm. right? They, they pay management to a company, not to a person, right? There's typically some sort of 
systemized acceptance method for the payments, right? So there's standardized procedures and qualified staff for routine maintenance too, All right, You need to call for a toilet plug in the middle of the night. They know exactly how to handle it. Uh, standard collection processes to collect past due rents. Again, you know, you use the word strong arm, um, but I think when you uh, have a system and you don't have to worry about that kind of stuff because you've got boots on the ground that can go collect rents, right? It's just the way it works. And right. they know that's going to be a part of their operation. So, and again, lastly, worst case scenario, when a tenant has not paid and they do need to be evicted, again, it's a standardized eviction process when that's necessary. So the turnover and the cleanup process, getting ready for the next one, becomes a very, very smooth transition, right? Yeah, you know, just one more thing about management. I, you know, compared to owning stocks, and I'm pretty much out of the stock market, uh, I've completely sold out and, and went into, um, you know, rental property. I feel so much better about my you know, investment because I know I'm providing affordable housing for hardworking blue collar Americans. I mean that, I, I just love the investment because not only is there great ROI, but there's great, you know, intrinsic return. But with that being said, I feel great that I don't know any of my tenants <laughs> and I never will because I, it's just so much better of a relationship when they don't have my number and they don't know who I am and they can't ask for those, you know, extra, you know, favors. So I think um, all in all, the big question, Jackie, is how do you compete? You know, yeah. because of their structure, your competitors can do things, you know, way better, faster and with less money than you can. And the good news, though, there's actually a way to team up with your competition and leverage how they do things. And what we've been describing here is specialized turnkey companies where they do the acquisition, the rehab, the tenant placement, the management, the ongoing maintenance of the property, and they, they protect your investment. And they may not be in your city. I know they're not in mine. You know, we have a, a very, very, I'm in a very, very small town here in Michigan. But they, uh, they work in cities where there's a great, maybe not even great, you know, outstanding price to rent ratio, uh, which definitely could be, uh, may not be in your town. So because of economies of scale, they can sell you a performing property for much less than you can get in your backyard. And all with them placing your tenants and fully managing it for less than you could as well. So, Shecky, um, I, I just uh, I really uh, enjoyed this podcast. So, tell me a little bit more about you know the rise of the turnkey providers and why this has become such a powerful niche within real estate investing. Yeah, it's funny that the this this term turnkey was not really well used. You know, say fifteen years ago, uh, but there's more and more of them coming along the way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, of course, like in any other industry, there's good ones and bad ones. But when you really start looking at what we've previously described and having that systemized structure to everything done, like it's all very, very cookie cutter and all the emotion is removed out of it because of the scale in which they do things. It's like it's just really hard for you as an individual investor 
to compete with that, right? And unfortunately, many investors learn the hard way. Um, in fact, in an upcoming podcast, we're going to have one of my buddies that has done some rehabs on his own, and, and <laughs> it's going to be a fun podcast because he's basically, we're just going to spend the whole podcast talking about really cool stories that will essentially curl your hair. I mean, pretty much scare you away from ever wanting to do yourself. Some of them are funny, but, but for the most part, yes, it will probably scare some people off because this is some of the stuff that you're really exposed to. This, these are real world stories. So, uh, but a lot of investors are, they want to, it's, I understand and appreciate the learning process on the part of an investor by wanting to do it themselves. But just understand that you've got some really, really strong competition. And compared to the way they're doing it, you are going to be highly inefficient. You're starting off at a complete disadvantage from the very first step, right? From the buy, you're starting off at it. And, and, and those disadvantages continue through the entire cycle, as we've explained. So turnkey companies are becoming more prevalent, or at least the good ones, because they provide really high value to the investor community. They can do things for you that you cannot do yourself no matter how good you are. And the cool part is this model works for a seasoned investor as well as a newbie. So one of the things that we both really want you to consider here is that time is money, right? You, you can deal with a turnkey company. You can have a performing asset in a couple of weeks, like really as little time as it takes to close at the title company and you're going to have it owned for less, rehabbed for less, and managed for less, right? And you're going to put more money in your pocket. So just keep that in mind before you start running out to go do your next individual rehab, right? It's just something you want to look at. So Yeah, and Shecky, just to throw in, I think, you know, some people listening to the podcast just they got that itch and they really want to go out and do these things themselves and, and, and try to add the value themselves. And Hey, you know what? I, I get it, you know, go, Hey, go for it. And then, um, you know, if you, if you want to, um, find a good, really good turnkey company that can do all this for you, then I think, uh, we can definitely help you do that. So, <laughs> Definitely. I'm not yeah. dis I don't think we're discouraging anybody from, you know, trying to do it on their own. I mean, there's a lot of people that really, like, really enjoy doing all those components. If that's you, great. Man, have at it. That is not me. Right. It's not me either. And it was me. And it's no longer me. I just don't want to do that anymore because it just, I, I can't do it as efficiently. And um, it just, just doesn't make any sense anymore. Like maybe 20 years ago, it made sense. Right. But not with the kind of companies that are out there now. So um, next show, uh, we're going to talk more about tenants. And we're going to talk about some renting trends in the U.S. Like, who are the tenants really? Uh, what are the trends we're seeing? And if you own investment property, this is going to give you a great education as to what the next few years are going to look like. So please uh, subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. Make sure that you don't miss it. You know, if you like what you're hearing, of course, please leave us a review. And uh, really, if you want more information about how to leverage your competition, like what we talked about today, then head over to highreturnrealestate.com. It's spelled just like it sounds. And Jack, I think that's a wrap. Like, thanks it's a for wrap, listening. Thank appreciate you. Thank you, everybody. We appreciate all of you as listeners, and we will see you next time and look forward to 
I, I'm really excited about next week's uh, podcast, Shecky. This is really exciting and really, really uh, incredible. Like, makes me feel really positive about the future of being in real estate investing. I concur. Thanks, everyone. 